0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby a say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. There's a few people in here, Mike being one of them. We were in Pecos, Texas, and we were gathering some cows, me and my neighbor, helping, you know, just being a neighbor to some people, and... Man, out there, they, the, the dirt is just, it's kind of like this white talcum powder looking stuff. And, you know, you sweat, and I mean, you're you just dirty. You just can't, you can't go to Pecos without getting dirty. And so, anyway, we, we got done brand, or I don't know, we were gathering, not branded, but we got done, and we had the horses in the trailer, and we pulled up to this town and country food store, little chain that was down there, I don't even know that they're around anymore. But we pull up, and, and uh, Lee's going to get some gas. And so we step out, and we're checking on the horses and everything, and it was, uh, you know, the truck had been sitting out in the sun all day, so it was cooler outside the truck than inside the truck, so we're standing out there getting some diesel, and this car pulls up on the other side of the gas pumps. And this father and son get out, city slickers, they get out, and he starts filling up with gas, and he goes, come here, son, come here. So a little kid, probably, you know, eight, seven, I don't know, something like that, he, he walks over to his dad. And he says, uh, he said, you see that right there, son? And he points at me and Lee, and me and Lee are like, and he's like, those are real men right there, son. Those are cowboys. Those are cowboys. He is standing three feet from us. Let me tell you, you don't know what to do in that situation. You stand there acting like you don't hear. it's, It's really awkward, right? And he goes, those are real men right there. Those are the real McCoys. Those are the real McCoys, son, the real McCoys. He said, if they were to show you their hands, their hands would be calloused because they're men. He said, they have deep set eyes from squinting in the Texas sun. You remember Tombstone, whenever that poet looks at the girl and she's like, see the deep set eyes? She goes, I want one. Yeah, that's what it, I kept waiting for that to be in the background, right? And I mean, this dude just keeps going on and on about these real men. I thought about maybe striking a pose, you know? No, it was it was one of the most awkward things in the world and he you know their legs are bowed you know we're we're standing there like this he's like their legs are bowed (laughs) from being on a horse all day (laughs) it it was crazy it was crazy and he says son those guys right there are who men dream about being i thought there was going to be angels come down and anoint lee and i Ah. It was great. I was going to ask them if they wanted my autograph, but I didn't. I just kept act, acting like I didn't hear him. We got back in the... They got done filling up, and they went to leave, and me and Lee got in the truck. And we just died laughing. <laughs> just died laughing. You know, which all of those things are absolutely true about me and my friend. I mean, the guy nailed it, okay? He absolutely nailed it. It was perfect. Should have recorded it. But... I don't know if it's a biblical definition of what a real man looks like. The real man I went in search of is none other than David, King David, the second king of Israel. Saul was the first king. Before that, Israel was ruled by judges and uh, just individuals that God raised up to help Israel in times of trouble and to unite them. And then Israel started calling out for a king. And God chose Saul, and Saul was a man. I mean, he towered over everybody. He was big, strong, handsome. He looked the part, except for the inside, except for the inside. And Saul did some things that he fell out of favor with God, and so God sent Samuel to a guy named Jesse's house, and he chose the run, Samuel chose the run of the litter, or God chose the run of the litter to be the next king of Israel. There was only one problem, Saul was still the king. But despite all of that, God called David a man after his own heart. And, you know, a lot of people have tried to surmise, you know, what does that mean? Because, I mean, just go read the life of David and you will see that even though he might have been a man after God's own heart, doesn't mean he was perfect by any means. But stuck in here in 1 Samuel chapter 16 is Saul is having a rough day and he needs something to soothe him. And one of Saul's servants gives the most beautiful description of a young shepherd boy from Bethlehem that I think that maybe just in one light we can use as a template to see why David was a man after God's own heart. 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. And I'm going to read it out of my simplified cowboy version, but yours is going to say basically the same thing. And it says, one of the day hands, one of the servants, one of the day hands said to Saul, Jesse's son from Bethlehem can pick the guitar. He's brave and he's a warrior. He speaks well, and he's quite the looker. But in spite of all of that, the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. Man, how great would it be for somebody, and I mean, this is just a servant in Saul's court. You know, he could have been a waiter. I, you know, I don't know. Doesn't really say. But How great would it be for somebody to describe us like that? To describe us like that. You know, once again, he says, Jesse's son from Bethlehem can pick the guitar. Now, he didn't pick the guitar. He played a a lyre or lute or something. But he can pick the guitar. He's brave and he's a warrior. He speaks well and is quite the looker. But in spite of 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 all of that, the Lord is with him. Six things, six things listed there that I think that we can glean from and and try to maybe uh, get something from that where we can grow spiritually so that we can be called a man after God's own heart. So that one day, if somebody asks somebody else, hey, did you ever have a mentor? Yeah, what kind of man was he? Or what kind of woman was she? That they'll say something along these lines. First of all, the guy said that David could pick the guitar. Well, that doesn't mean that if you're going to be a man after God's own heart, that you have to be able to pick the guitar like I do. It really helps. It really helps. You know, if you can't pick the guitar, you know, if you have no musical talent whatsoever, you can play the drums, and... (laughs) (laughs) Not really, not really. It's not about playing a, a musical instrument, it's about being creative. It's about bringing something new into the world, and I think that all of us have that desire inside of us you know m- maybe maybe you're like anthony maybe you like to build houses you know uh maybe like i know ty's done some of this i know caleb's done some of it how about write cowboy poetry you know that's bringing something brand new into the world. And that's what you know. David did as a musician. He brought something that had never been heard before in a certain style, in a certain way, that had never been seen before. And I think that if we want to become honorable men and women, that we need to use that creativity that God give us to bring something new into the world. Maybe you like to do leather work. I know some of y'all guys in here, man, you're sure enough good at that. Maybe you can paint a picture. I can't sign my name but maybe y'all could paint a picture or draw or do something that brings something into the world that wasn't there before. A man after God's own heart is creative, and he brings life into something. You know, and, and I, I think that, that ranching is, is, is a part of that. You know, we care for the cows, and we care for the bulls, and, and those two together bring new life to benefit other people. And that's the second part of, of this being creative, is that while it may be therapeutic for us, is that if we do it for other people to bring joy into their lives, man, I think that God would call you a man or a woman after God's own heart. The second thing that the guy said about David was not that he could just pick the guitar, but that he was brave. He was brave. This doesn't mean that David was never scared. It just meant that he never let it control him. You know, uh, And I've never done this. It it could be false. I don't really know, but it sounds good. Supposedly, in the Bible, the most often repeated command of the Bible is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So I think it's important if we're going to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, a cowboy or a cowgirl after God's own heart, that we have to be brave. Now, the other night on our Long X Ranch Cowboys, uh, The Greatest People in the World, Uh, We had a conference call uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I talked about being brave, and I broke it down into six steps, because one of my gifts is to show people how to uh, do complicated things, do them simply, okay? Here's my six-step process for learning how to be brave. Number one, do it anyway. Yeah, you're going to be scared, but if you're going to be brave, you got to do it anyway, Okay, And I'm not saying think about doing it. If you're going to be brave, if you're going to learn to be brave, to have that as a characteristic of your life, then you're going to have to do it anyway, even when you're scared. Okay, Really simple. Do it anyway. Number two, do it again. And why do I say do it again? Because you know, doing something one time, I, I always say that you have to try a food twice before you know whether you like it or not, because the first time you try it, you've got a preconceived notion. I've tried tomatoes twice in my life, and I still don't like them. Okay, right? Uh, Yeah. Unless you're in Israel? Israel? Oh. (laughs) Do it anyway, and then do it again. Do it again. Number three, this is getting a little more difficult to follow, I understand. First off, if you want to be brave, you got to do it anyway, then you got to do it again. Number three is keep doing it, okay? It's not rocket science, okay? If you're scared of something, keep doing it. You know, uh, this is kind of personal, but. Um, when I first wanted to be a cowboy, I loved everything about it except getting bucked off onto my head. I was actually scared of it. I really was. I, I was. I was scared of getting bucked off. Not just like nobody likes getting bucked off, I was scared of getting bucked off. So you know what I did? I started getting on every horse that bucked. And I got bucked off a lot, a lot. But the, I knew that the only way to overcome my fear was to do what I was afraid of, do it again, and keep doing it. And then the fourth thing, after you've done it anyway, do it again, keep doing it. The fourth thing is you go to the hospital, okay, and pay your deductible, okay? Some of y'all have been there. Ty was there last year. Brett was there last year. (laughs) You, you, you 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 do it anyway, you keep doing it, or you do it again, you keep doing it, and then you go to the hospital, okay? That's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is you tell your wild cowboy story. You tell your wild cowboy story. Just just so y'all know, I I love telling stories, and a way to make any story better is to have a polar bear in it. Okay? Have a polar bear in it somewhere, somehow. If they weren't there, they can't say that you're wrong. Okay? And you can always dramatize. I'm not dramatic at all, you know. Not by any means. But y'all can be dramatic to make your stories a little better. There's nothing wrong with that. And the sixth thing, do it again. What are you afraid of? What is scaring you right now? Is it, is it truly letting go and following the Lord? Is it stepping out into, into a brand new life? Sometimes you just got to do it anyway. If you want to be brave, you just got to do it. And it's still going to be scary. Even when you go do it again, it's still going to be scary. And even when you keep doing it, it's still going to be scary. But it's not going to have control over you. Because, I mean, God said hundreds of times in the Bible, do not be afraid. He's got you. He's got you. And you know what else? We've got you. Look around. You may not know everybody in here, but we've got your back. We're all here for the same purpose. And that's, that's our love for Christ and our willingness to follow him what are you afraid of? Man, just just step out. Do it anyway. It'll be okay. If you want to be a man after God's own heart, I've got a pet peeve. And I've said it before. I don't say it anymore. You ever heard this? the phrase, uh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt? I hate that. Because usually what that means is, I did it one time, I didn't like it, and I'm never doing it again. Okay? Well, I wish that we could say in our Christian walk with God, instead of been there, done that, got the t-shirt, that we say, I'm still there, I'm still doing it, and I don't need a t-shirt. got to be brave. If we're going to be cowboys or cowgirls after man's own heart, you cannot do it by giving in to fear. I didn't say you couldn't do it afraid. I said you can't do it giving in to fear. And the word that we use for not giving in to fear is to be brave or courageous. The third thing that the servant says of David, the man after God's own heart, was that he's a warrior. He's a warrior. A prominent author, one of my favorites, a guy named Erwin McManus said this. He said, a warrior, a true warrior fights for peace. A true warrior fights for peace. A true warrior fights for love. And a true warrior fights for the truth. Now, I'm not saying that if you're going to be a man after God's own heart, that, you know, we all got to carry long swords. It would be cool if we did, okay? It would be cool if we did. Next year's fundraiser is going to be a sword sale, okay? Maybe some Viking battle axes and capes. I am bringing back the cape. There's nothing cooler than a cape. That was not in the notes. You got to be a warrior, okay? And what does being a warrior mean? No, it doesn't mean that you have to... You will know, go and you know, hack somebody's arm off and stuff like that, okay? But a warrior is somebody that stands up for the little guy. A warrior is somebody that stands up for the little guy. A warrior is somebody that puts others before themselves. A warrior is somebody that has a strong sense of integrity, that he's not just, he or she is not just blown around by every whim and every thought and, you know, all the things that are going around them. They can stay the course, And I tell you what, if you're going to stay the course, if you're going to stay that narrow trail, you're going to have to be a warrior because everything in the world will be against you. You must be a warrior to follow God. You got to stand up for the little guy, put others before yourself, strong sense of integrity and values, and a warrior does not let emotions rule their life. A warrior does not let emotions rule your life. You know, emotions are real, okay? Emotions are real but they're not real reliable. They are not an indication of the truth, okay? It is not an indication of the truth. And I I can't tell you how many times that that our emotions, you know, me and Ty, you know, we were worried about the fundraiser. Are we going to have to sell cows that were donated? You know, the drought and blah, blah, blah. And we worry and we let our emotions get to us. And then God is like, why are y'all worried? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless everybody so that they can, through them, I'm going to bless what y'all are doing because what y'all are doing is in my name. We must be a warrior. we got to be creative. We gotta, if we're going to be men or women, cowboys, cowgirls after man's own heart, man, we got to be creative. Bring something new into the world. we got to be brave. we got to be warriors. And it won't hurt if we do this fourth thing. The servant, the day hand, said of David, he speaks well. He speaks well. Not everybody can talk Texan, but God can still love you. Okay? Okay? God will still love you even if you can't speak Texan, you know, holy language. But that doesn't mean that we can't be well spoken. That doesn't mean that we can't be well spoken. How do you be well spoken? Be well read. You know, and I know some of you, man. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's more guys than girls. When's the last time you read a whole book? My brother, I don't think he's picked up a book since he graduated from high school. He hates to read. He hates to read. But at least be, maybe not be well-read, but be well-informed, okay? And if you want to be well-informed, don't listen to the news. As Mark Twain said, if you read the news, you're, uh, if you don't read the news, you're uninformed. If you read the news, you're misinformed, okay? That's the way it is. But that doesn't mean that we can't Try to grow and, and be well-read and be able to talk with an, a modicum of intelligence. We need to be wise. And how many? I mean, we're going to have a pop quiz. What's my deal on being wise? What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do based upon your past? What is the wise thing to do based upon your present? What is the wise thing to do based upon your future hopes and dreams? Man, if we, if we just applied that to our lives, <laughs> we'd all take a step forward. You want to be well-spoken, be well-read, be wise. And something that we see less and less and less of these days is, man, have some manners. Now, I, I'm preaching to the choir in this deal, okay? Because the cowboy culture, I sometimes I think, is the only one keeping manners alive anymore. You know, holding the door open for somebody. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, showing uh, uh, respect to our elders and, you know, we were gathering cattle last week and I, and I got off and I opened the gate because I'm not above that. I got off and opened the gate and Ty rode through and he said, thank you, Kevin. Mitch rode through. Thank you, Kevin. Brett went through. Thank you, Kevin. Roger went through. Thank you, Kevin. Daryl went through. Thank you, Kevin. Sarah went through. Thank you, Kevin. Man, that's manners. It's a way that we show other people respect. If we want to be well-spoken, we need to have some manners, man. Treat people with respect, not because they deserve it, but because it's who you are. It's who you are. And finally, if you want to be well-spoken, the reason that we need to be well-spoken is because the Bible calls us ambassadors for God. Ambassadors for God. And that's tough sometimes. I might have failed on social media yesterday. It wasn't a big failure, but I don't know that it was one of my crowning achievements. I don't know that I was a great ambassador for God. This guy, I posted a funny picture about riding mares. And y'all know I ride mares, right? So... And it said, if done properly, riding a mare is a walk in the park. Jurassic Park, but it's still a park. And if any of you got mares, you know what I'm talking about, right? And this dude went left on me. He's like, yeah, my opinion of you is like falling through the floor. I ain't got no respect for you anymore. Putting down one of God's creatures because I've got four of the greatest mares God ever made. Shut up. No, I didn't say that. I did say it. I just didn't type it. I didn't type that. And I told him, I said, you know what, sir? My self worth is not, none of my self worth is tied to your opinion of me. Signed, the owner of two of the best mares that God ever created. And then he went, and I didn't say anything back. But we should be good ambassadors for God. You know, I mean, we're always representing Him. My wife always used to tell, my kids, whenever they were little, she'd say, remember, when you go out, you're representing our family and you're representing God. I love that. You're representing our family and you're representing Jesus. We need to speak well, be well-spoken if we're going to be a man after God's own heart. And then this one, some of y'all are going to have a problem with. I don't have a problem with it, but some of y'all are going to have a problem with it. You got to be a looker. Some of y'all is ugly, okay? But that's okay. I'm going to tell you how to get over that. i am gonna tell you how to get over that. The most attractive quality on a man or a woman is not their hair It's not their face, it's not their body, it's their confidence. Confidence is is the most appealing aspect of either gender. Confident, We, we, we should have confidence in who we are. We should have confidence in who we are and who are we? Listen man, the Bible calls us the adopted sons and daughters of the king of king and the lord of lords. What do you call the child of a king? What do you call the male child of a king? A prince, what do you call the female child of a king? We're princes and princesses. Start acting like it, right? Confidence. I'm not saying confidence that you're better than somebody else, but confidence in who you are and what Jesus Christ did for you, that God has adopted you into his own family. And to us, that doesn't mean anything. But back in the old times, once you adopted, you could give up your own kids. But if you adopted somebody, it didn't ever matter what they did. You could never give them up. You were an adopted son or daughter of the King of King and the Lord of Lords. If that doesn't give you confidence, nothing ever will. We have to have confidence in what we can do. You know, Jesus said, with man, it's impossible. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I- if anything is possible, why aren't we walking around with confidence? That God is going to take care of us, that God's going to feed us, that God's going to clothe us, that, g- that e- even if we die, God's going to save us. That it's not the end, it's the brand new beginning of eternity. You should have confidence. Confidence in what you were doing. You know, I can look back on my life, I can look back on my life and see that even when I wasn't following God, He was leading me. I think we can all say that at some point. We can look back in our life knowing that the furthest thing from our mind was God, but He was still loving us, He was still taking care of us. And I came to the realization one time that if God was leading me when I wasn't even trying to follow, how much more will He lead me now that I am? And that gives me confidence. Confidence should be the most noticeable quality of a man or a woman after God's own heart. I never said arrogance. I never said arrogance. I said confidence. Confidence. we got to be creative. We've got to be brave. We've got to be a warrior. We've got to speak well. We've got to have confidence. And then the last thing, and I could have skipped all the other five. One day, the day hand said to Saul, "Jesus Jesse's son from Bethlehem can pick the guitar He's brave and a warrior. He speaks well and is quite the looker. But in spite of all that, the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. There's only one way for the Lord to be with you. There's only one way for God to be with you, and that is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So how do you know if he is or not? How do you know? You know, I think some of the outward qualities that you, shouldn't, that you can know is that you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and it has totally transformed your life. For you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Are you the same person after coming to know God that you were before? If you're the same person, maybe we need to have a talk, okay? You've asked Jesus to be your Lord, and it has totally transformed your life. The second way that I think you can know that the Lord is with you is that the ride gets harder, but you feel more at peace. The ride gets harder, but you feel more at peace. And the third thing that I think is that you strive to love others more and more. You strive to love others more and more. Man, you know, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and it has transformed your life and you are a new creation, if the ride gets harder and harder but you feel more at peace, even though you shouldn't because the Bible says that in God there's peace that surpasses all understanding and you strive to love others a lot more than you used to, then I'd be willing to bet, if not guarantee, that the Lord is with you. Why are we not striving to be men after God's own heart Why are we not striving to be women after God's own heart? I think after today, every stinking one of us has found a spot or two or six that we can work on starting today. And I pray that the Lord is with all of us. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, our prayer today is to have faith that you are with us. We ask that you guide us. We ask that you love us. And we ask you to give us all we need so that we may follow the man and complete the mission of Jesus Christ, and it is in His name we pray.